Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Worries and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder Heist, and I'm joined by my fellow writers, starting with Dirk Ashton. I am Dirk Ashton, author of the Paternus Trilogy. And Michael R. Fletcher. Hey, I am Michael R. Fletcher, author of, fuck, I don't know. Obsidian um, Path. Beyond Redemption and the Obsidian Path and the Manifest Illusions and the City of Sacrifice and some weird science fiction cyberpunk thing. A lot of books. Goats of Tomorrow. Goats of Tomorrow. <laughs> Goats of Damn, tomorrow. that's the fan fiction spinoff that the world needs right now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so today's episode, uh, we have a listener question. So let me pull up the question in my notes over here. So question comes comes from Nick Wrights, who says, just discovered your show and really enjoyed it. If you need a theme for an episode, we do. Thank you for sending that in. I love, I'd love a starting from scratch episode where if someone specifically brackets me was starting their publishing journey this year, what stuff should I do leading up to the launch? I'm planning a three book rapid release strategy. So okay. I think we can talk a little bit about just in general, what we would do if we had to start from scratch this year publishing. And then we can also give Nick some specific tips for his kind of three book um, rapid release plan that he's got. So Mike, do you want to kick off first? Uh, if you had to start publishing this year <laughs> from scratch, what would be the approach you take? So let's say it's January 1st and you know that by the end of the year, you want to have a book published. What are your, what are your plans? Okay, so- all right. Um, two critical things you need, and this is just fairly focused. You, you need to get your book edited and you're going to need cover art. Uh, so probably what I would do is if uh, the book's like close to being finished uh, or preferably finished, uh, I would uh, contact Sarah Chorn uh, initially, and if she's too busy, then I'd go hunting for other editors. Uh, but I would book an editor stat because they are busy. Um, 
and there's going to be a waiting time and you just, you got to get your shit on that waiting time. Uh, the second thing I would do is go hunting for an artist. Now my first books, uh, I was very lucky because it turned out I was actually related to an artist. Um, uh, but what I, uh, am doing these days and how I found my most recent illustrator is I started trolling, um, uh, what's it called? Deviant art and art station, um, looking for styles that I liked, uh, and then reaching out to artists, uh, talking about my project, um, and, uh, I'm getting an idea of their budgets. So I had a couple of artists, uh, three of them, uh, who liked what I was doing, uh, and whose styles I liked, uh, I paid them each, uh, for one piece of art. Um, and then I basically picked the best piece of art, uh, budget was less of a concern, but they, they came in, uh, anywhere from like, uh, what was it like the, the range of prices was surprisingly big. It went from like about 50 bucks to about 300 bucks per sketch. Um, and, uh, the most expensive one was not the best one. Um, I picked the, the artist whose style clicked with me. Uh, but that, that process that reaching out, uh, talking to people, um, and because artists need to get paid, uh, even like each one, I, I paid them up front for one piece for one illustration. So, you know, even through the sort of like selection process, I was not wasting anyone's time. Every artist got paid, um, for, for their one piece. And then the one that I liked the most. I kind of booked for what 10 to 12 more pieces uh after that. But um that that would be sort of my first steps would be uh find an find an editor, find an artist um cuz that stuff's going to take mm-hmm. time. Yep, absolutely agree that's very important. Dirk, what about you? Um just just to continue what what Mike was saying uh about about covers. Um look at books on um uh, Amazon that are in somewhat the genre that you're working and look at the ones that are doing well by looking at the rankings. And then you want to have a very similar type of cover in look and feel. Don't try to buck the trend, especially if you're going for a rapid release. You're obviously taking this thing pretty seriously. We already know this person wants to go. Um, self-pub instead of trad pub um i would highly recommend if you're going to do a did did they say three month rapid release there's no time frame on the months as far as i can Um, see um uh some people do one month some people do three some people do six six is not really rapid release um two or three three is um you want to put the link to the next you want to put the first chapter or a preview of the next book in the in the first book that comes out, each book that comes out, and the link to the pre-order page. Put it up on pre-order um, and uh, let people click that and pre-order the next book as soon as they're done with that book. Um, that's for the ebook, of course. Um, uh, make sure that your cover looks good in thumbnail. It's got to look good this big on the screen. Um, and catch people's eye. Um, the other thing I would say is, uh, 
go and read up and study up and maybe take some pay and take some classes on um, Amazon advertising. Um, and you want to be running an ad for your book uh, the day that it is released and see how, because that will help uh, if it, if it, uh, if it turns out that, that it's too expensive and it's not, you can always turn it off. But I'm of the opinion that you might as well try it so that if it fails, it's not because of something I didn't do. Right. Um, but, and, uh, I would say get all three books. If you're going to do every, unless you're one of those people that just writes really fast, if you want to avoid stress, and since this is your first release, take your time, take your time on the book cover, take your time on the editing, take your time on getting all your ducks in a row. And that means getting on social media and finding out who the influences are, influences are, influencers, Jesus are, um, and, uh, getting to know people and just be part of the community and, uh, responding people, you know, go to the blog sites, uh, follow, um, follow, uh, fantasy book critic and fantasy faction and get on their groups. If they have them on Facebook and fanfi addicts and, um, the fantasy hive, um, the, um, uh, boy, who am I forgetting? Book Asylum. Book Asylum, yes. Um, Grimdark. Hmm? Grimdark. Grimdark, Grimdark. yeah, they're just great. They're just great people anyway, and it's a great group. It's a great group on Facebook. Um, And just engage as a reader. Um, uh, And and then when your book is ready, you can reach out to these people, uh, go to their websites, find out what their submission requirements are. Don't bug them on social media about reading your book. Uh, and go through the official process and see if they will get reviews out for you. Give yourself a, a few months of of advanced release copies, ebooks going out to these people um, and other yeah. people. Like three three months at, at least. least. Right? And uh, so yeah, take your time and see if some and see if some of them will. Oh, Patrick Leo at um, uh, he is he's a really good one to follow. Um, Novel notions. Novel right? notions. That's yeah. It. And um they're a great group of reviewers there besides just just Patrick. And uh and and then see, see, see how that uh how that goes. But yeah, you want to get your ducks in a row and and relax. Take your time. Don't get yourself in a huge rush. That's one thing I think I did right when I when I did put my first book out. If I I took plenty of, I, it was from the time I finished the book to the time I published it, it was like eight months or nine months. Um, now you, you might really want to be in a hurry, but going back, I would say, finish all three books, get them all done and then start doing this stuff. Um, if you're a fast writer, it's not a problem. If you're a fast writer, maybe you don't have to do that so much. You don't have to finish completely finish them all. But you never know what kind of things will come up. And when you promise that they're going to come out every three months or every month, and then they don't, you're in much worse shape than if you took the time and waited, right? Um, so that, that would be what I would do if I was, if I was doing it again right now. Yep. I think... To add to your point about studying covers of successful books, the other exercise which I would highly recommend doing 
is studying their blurbs as well. So the exercise I did, this was probably about a year ago and it was very, very useful for helping me become a better blurb writer, which is something that a lot of authors struggle with, is go to the books that are similar to yours, that are selling well. So lots of reviews, positive reviews, hopefully, and copy out their blurbs by hand, write it down into a notebook or something like that. I've got one sitting behind me that probably has about 10 different really successful self-published fantasy book blurbs written down in longhand. And you might think, I don't need to write them down. I can understand what they're doing successfully and I'll know how to copy them just by looking at them on the screen. But what I found is that if you actually write them down longhand, you start to see the patterns and understand what they're doing at a much deeper level. Um, And if you Yeah, if you are someone who is like, I got no idea what a good blurb is, then I would highly recommend that exercise. And even if you do think that you know what a good blurb is, I think it would be quite eye-opening as well to do that. So the kind of challenge I would probably set to you, if you, let's say it's, you know, January, you're going to publish, let's go September of that year, is to have a 30-day period or whatever period you want, where you say, each day I'm going to spend 10 minutes finding a successful book that is in my genre on Amazon. I'm going to write down a few things about why the cover or what the cover is doing. So a small man holding sword with dragon in background. Okay. Then you're going to write down the blurb. So that is, you know, a couple of minutes of writing it down and just doing that every day for a couple of weeks will give you such a huge advantage over authors who, because there's authors out there who literally just have written the thing, they've made the cover, they're putting the book up on Amazon and they get to the part of the publishing process where Amazon says, put in your blurb here. And they go, uh, okay, there's this thing. And they write it down. And I know mm-hmm. that some authors do that because that's what I did for my first book. I just mm-hmm. didn't even really think about it. And I was like, huh, I guess I need a blurb for this. Blurbs can't be that important, right? And they are. So have a think about that. Try to have that process of, yeah, just making yourself better at understanding how blurbs work. And before I publish my next book, which will be in a few months, I plan to do that process again. I plan to find books that are similar to mine and copy their blurbs down longhand so that you can see what are the kind of words and phrases that are making this book appeal to certain readers. Um, How are they kind of structuring that? And a great book for improving your blurbs as well is Writing Killer Cover Copy by Alana Johnson, which I've recommended before on the show. That thing like took me from blurbs being, I guess, a source of slight trepidation and worry to then being like, oh, okay, I understand what these are doing now. Um, Yeah, so definitely the blurbs is important as well. Uh, And then, yeah, on the topic of genre as well, I think a lot of writers struggle to kind of fit their book into a specific genre um, when they're doing their first launch. So it is worthwhile thinking like, what are the five other books that are most like mine on Amazon? Because even within fantasy, there is grimdark fantasy. There is your kind of like classical high fantasy. There is fantasy with no magic. There is fantasy that is set in more of an industrialized modern settings. There are all these different niches within it. Um, And yeah, you can't kind of clearly answer or, or know in your mind which niche you're fitting into. It will be more difficult to promote it with ads or with knowing who to reach out to and everything. Like if you go to Grimdark Magazine and you are kind of giving them a book that is not very grim at all and is like, you know, kind of light and fluffy, they'll be like, 
what are you doing here, bro? This is not our kind of thing that we like to read. Whereas if you go to them and you're like, yeah, there's 20 people who die on the first page. Okay. Maybe that's probably a better spot to approach them. So yeah, uh, I think, yeah, definitely look at the blurbs, have that practice of trying to just, you know, look at the things that are successful out there. A lot of our advice is coming down to find out the books that have been successful and sort of copy what they're doing because clearly they are doing something right. And the good thing is, because you might be thinking, oh, my book's different to all these things. Mike, you, Mike can probably speak to this a bit. Like your goal with the cover and the blurb is to get the reader into your book. And then once they're in, that's when you can go your own way, right? Like you've talked about before how your process for writing blurbs is almost like, I'm just going to figure out the way to make this sound as cool as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of writers uh, think that the point of the, the back cover copy or the blurb on Amazon is to summarize the yeah, story. Wrong. But I mean, summaries are by definition yes. boring yes. as mm-hmm. fuck. The, the whole point of a synopsis, a blurb is to sell your book. And so that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I can you're, you're embarrass selling. Mike for a bit, I'm just going to read the blurb from Blackstone Heart because I think this is a fantastic example of what you're talking about. Um, so Blackstone Heart, first book in the Obsidian Path trilogy. Um, this is how it goes. Uh, the first step on the Obsidian Path, a broken man, Crayon awakens alone and lost. His stone heart has been shattered, littered across the world. With each piece, he regains some small shard of the man he once was. He follows the trail, fragment by fragment, remembering his terrible past. There was a woman. There was a sword. There was an end to sorrow. Crayon walks the obsidian path. And then you've got some reviews after that. Like, that tells mm-hmm. you nothing about what's in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing. But, but it's awesome. It, but, it gets, but it catches your attention, exactly. And it tells and you I, the emotion you can experience yeah. in that book as and well, I think, right? I think Mike and I are two of the, the rarer types who prefer short description on uh, blurbs. Yeah. On, um, they call that the description section on mm. Amazon KDP. Um, I like the short ones. If I see something that's five, six paragraphs long, like good-sized paragraphs long, and most of them are like that, I read the first paragraph, and if my attention isn't caught, I'm done. I, I, and it, even if it is, I don't read the rest of it because it either got my attention or it didn't. Um, so I go with shorter ones. I don't. I, I don't. I can't say I recommend that because I know a ton of super successful authors who write these much longer ones and they do fine. They do great. Um, but, um, that's just, just what I prefer to read and what I prefer to write. Um, but, um, the, the, the other thing I was going to say, uh, thinking back to if I if I was doing it this year, then when I did it, um, one thing I did not do was a this meets that. And I did not identify the genre, um, in right up, right up top in the, in either by using a quote from another author or a, uh, um, or something, something in the description. I shied away from calling Paternus urban fantasy. Um, I, and I didn't do, and I didn't believe in doing a, a this meets that. When finally I was talked into going ahead and doing it, my book sales rose immediately and, you know, uh, significantly. Uh, people want to know what it is. You don't have to do with this meets that. Um, but 
it needs to be clear what this is. It's obvious that Mike's is a fantasy, right? From the very beginning. Okay, so first we know it's a fantasy. Um, then we get in then we get an intrigue, right? We get we are we become intrigued with this particular fantasy story. So it's very clear what this is. Um, and that's what audiences want. My books are bizarre in the kind of the way they're set up and they're not really traditional type urban fantasy, but they're not like epic high fantasy, but they're structured like, so, so mine is a little, was, was quite a bit harder. If you're in a much more defined genre, you'll have a much easier time. Yes, absolutely agreed. Yeah. And you came up with a kind of good combination in the end where you bill it as epic urban fantasy, which is perfect. Yeah. And that came later and that, and that came later. So you don't be afraid to update and change things. Mm. Um, especially as good as reviews come in. I mean, if you get lucky enough to get an MR carry to blurb it, put that fucker right there oh, yeah. <laughs> in the description. <laughs> and um, Mark Lawrence as well. Um, and, and Anthony Ryan. And Anthony Ryan. Yep. Yeah. Some excellent, yeah. excellent authors to put on there. And Nicholas um, Eames. Yeah. 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 My, my buddies ends. call me the blurb collector. <laughs> I've, been, I've been, I've been really, really lucky, really lucky. Well, you wrote a good book, so that definitely helps as well. But yeah, you've, you've definitely done well to network and, and get, those, get those people raving about your book, um, which is amazing. The other thing as well, the other piece to consider is uh, starting up an email list. So not all of us do this. I know Mike doesn't use an email list or Amazon advertising or a lot of the other strategies that we're talking about. And that's good because it shows that there's, like, there's more than one way to kind of skin the cat. But I think starting an email list um, early can be very beneficial. So, and it is really, really good to have a website, even if it's just a one-page website. Mm-hmm. You need you need to have a website with uh, a sign up for a newsletter and your social media um, icons, so people can yes. can follow you. Um, those things are are pretty critical. It doesn't have to be something expensive and huge and fancy with a zillion pages. Um, I know because that's what I did and I didn't really need it that at that time. Um, but I think I'm getting a new website, uh, completely revised now. And it's, I think it's going to cool. be a lot cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I spent um, so I, long developing my yeah. website and then like, haven't touched it in two years. <laughs> and I've yeah. realized it's really not important, but it's still like, because I built it in a certain way, like it still brings in, you know, email list signups every couple of days, um, just keeps trickling through. So, yeah. And on, on the point of your email list as well, the other thing that might be useful to do, particularly if you're writing a three book trilogy, is to write a short story or some other thing that you can give away as a reader magnet. So what that is, is basically sign up to my email newsletter and you'll get this short story that is prequel yeah. to the trilogy, set within the trilogy, about a character that people like from the trilogy. Uh, and that's a really good incentive to lure people in. So for me, I've done that for all of the novels I've published. I've also written a short story uh, or even a novella for one of them. Um, and you can see how I've structured that on my website. I'll put a link down below. But the benefit of that is that you're building your career for the long term because what you want is that the people who are finishing your first book and enjoying it, you want them to pre-order the second book. And then as they continue throughout that series, you also want them to become lifelong fans and to join That's your it, email it, list. Yeah. 
yeah. is if, um, if you're doing a great the wrapper, contact with them. Yeah, you can you can you can do pre-orders 90 days out. So if you are doing a rapid release, you want to have that link for the pre-order in that in the end of the book. If you're not, yes. then you don't have it, but you can do that. I just wanted to add uh, uh, just real quickly a couple of things. Um, Mike brought up uh, Sarah Chorn as an editor. If you're looking for editors, um, I would highly recommend Dale Triplett um, and Taya Latham. Taya is doing editing now, and she's she's fantastic. Uh, Taya, T-A-Y-A-L, Latham, L-A-T-H-A-M, Taya I'll Latham, get editor. you to send me all these names and I'll put yeah. them in the show notes down below yeah. if people want to okay. follow up with them. Cool, cool. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. So, yeah. Mike, yep. One, yeah, one other thing. Uh, so I was recently doing a like author chat on the uh, Oasis Discord with a bunch of writers. Um, and it turns out a bunch of people um set their pre uh, uh expectations their, their pre-orders uh on Amazon before they've actually finished Ooh. the book. <laughs> yeah, Careful. not a good idea. And then sent yeah, that is yeah. I mean and, and you know they're like, "Oh, it's motivation." No. It's like yeah, it's it's also like stress and terror. No, it's worse it's uh, worse it's it worse up, than that if you fuck it up. Amazon could could say it's we're they will. we're not going to let you they, release this book now for another year or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and uh, they will, if you screw up a pre-order, they will uh, remove, they'll, you, you won't, they won't let you do pre-orders anymore. Yeah. I think it's for a year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then they give something it back. like that. Yeah. But still bad. Yeah. You don't want to get on their yeah. wrong so, side. Don't, don't yeah. do that. Oh. My thing is when the book, when I get the book back from the editor and have gone through all the edits, basically when the book is ready, the day I could sell that book, I set my pre-orders for three months mm-hmm. in advance. I don't set pre-orders until the book is done. So if you're going to, if you're planning a rapid release, um, honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even set your, the pre-orders for your first book until your third book is written. Yeah. And Again, write all, write all the books. Yeah. The, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I, I just wanted to go, go back to uh, author blurbs, uh, yeah. famous author blurbs and stuff. They are not necessary. Uh, no. Don't freak out trying to trying to track down blurbs to put on the front of your book. I have blurbs on the front of my book, but look at just about every other super successful self published book, and it doesn't have them. Right? Um, it's it's. Um, I think it helped me early on because of my strange genre and and trying to get people to figure out what it was. Uh, added a little legitimacy. Um, for me, but I don't think that's the case for, for most self-published authors. Yeah, totally agree. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, for me, don't reading stress Concernus, about that. it did influence me quite a bit when I saw the quotes on it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like everyone, everyone's mileage varies, I think. So yeah. So basically to summarize, uh, if you are trying to publish starting this year from scratch, the most important things are probably understanding what makes a good cover, understanding what makes a good blurb, making a good cover, making a good blurb, kind of being active and engaging in the fantasy author community. So the fact that you're listening to this podcast probably lets you like kind of have a head start on that, which is cool. Um, and then yeah, trying to find a good editor, uh, making sure that you're not rushing until you have everything sorted. Um, and then yeah, just, I think also uh, something we haven't talked about is realizing that this is not the be all and end all of your career, but it is a building block that will hopefully get you a couple of lifelong fans, right. a few right. more casual readers, 
and hopefully a lot of feedback that allows you to improve with your next book as well. So take it as a stepping stone. Uh, This isn't make or break. This is just your first building block. Um, And yeah, you you should be good. So Nick, thanks for sending that question in and uh, good luck with starting out on that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We'd love for you to keep us updated because I know you sent in this question to us a couple of weeks or maybe even a few months ago. So it'd be great if you could, um, yeah, let us know how it went, uh, if it's, if it's done and, uh, yeah, it'd be very cool to kind of follow along. So, uh, if you would like to help support this show, you can head on over to our patron, patron.com forward slash wizards, warriors, words. Uh, and on the patron, you can get access to, as of the time of this recording, one extra bonus episode that you cannot find anywhere else. Um, so if you enjoy the podcast and want more, that's a good place to go. It's um, Mike, it's Mike dancing with goats. That's right. That's Mike right. doing goat, goats of tomorrow. Mike, well, it starts out as Mike doing goat yoga, but it turns into Mike dancing with goats. It escalates goats. rapidly. It escalates <laughs> very rapidly. Um, yeah. So if you want to check that out, it gets head on to the Patreon, any amount, any like of the tiers there gets you access to that bonus episode. And we will be adding more in the future. Plus, there's also other cool things like uh, priority access when we do listener questions, uh, access to some of our books before they're published, and other cool things like that. So the link is down below if you want to check that out. Uh, Thank you for listening or watching, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.